This is the Vet Alumni Podcast with Tech and Prime. Vet Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem, music producers talking Philly sports. We start, of course, with the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course we do. Uh, after going up 3-0 in the series on Saturday night, they lose on Monday to a really bad Wizards team. Well, bad recipe of events. We all know Joe went down and the whole city has been holding its collective breath yep. to see what it's going to be. I think we can beat the Wizards without Joe. We're a better team if necessary. Um, and I think they wrap it up tonight at home. Now, on the surface, this loss, no big deal. No big deal. But there are some things I just can't live with that reared their ugly head. Tell them why, you man, son. Uh, We'll get into it uh, in depth when we enter the center. But first, brought to you by ProLine Music, everything for the musician. It's time for a vet fact. This is a vet fact. Well, Tech, on June 2nd, 1986, which is exactly 35 years ago, wow, the Philadelphia Phillies pounded the L.A. Dodgers at the Vet 13-2 in front of a small crowd, 21,476. Right. Basically a third full. They were an average ball club. They were 21-24 and 24 coming into that game. Schmitty went yard in the route. They had a six-run fourth inning. The Vet was rocking Oof. exactly 35 years ago today. Wow. Things have changed. (laughs) Have they? Um, Staying with the Phils, Prem. They're so awful. They're downright unwatchable. I mean, and you know what? I'm going to give you in the moment here. Okay. Because I'm feeling this in the moment. I may wake up tomorrow and be like, uh, all right, I went too far. Yeah, okay. But all right, right, I got to tell you. In the moment. Now that I see what this team is. I think they would have been better off getting pitching instead of paying JT all the money. You might be right, because when you look at our top three starters, the only bright spot of this team, which is the truth, is the top three starters. We're the only team with three pitchers in the top 15 of uh, war wins against replacements. This is true. Which is a very, very used metric in analytics, baseball, baseball analytics these days. So that's the only bright spot. Imagine if you did have a true lockdown setup, man, and a true fourth starter to go along with those guys. Yeah. We'd probably only be a game back. Back or a game up right now. Yeah, because pitching wins games. It just it does. It beats uh, good hitting. JT just he ain't winning us any games right now. No, it's it's been they've been destroyed by injuries. We know that. And when you lose your top three hitters like they have at one point or another, yeah, you're Bryce not going to win many games. Still out. Alec Bohm, one of the biggest disappointments of the season. Sophomore slump, to say the least. Now, Hoskins, too. Hoskins is actually, he, he turned it on a little bit the last eight, nine games. He's hitting 300 with a good on base, but he's still, they're still striking out at a record pace as a team. And, and sometimes he'll just ground out or strike out at the worst possible Always. time. Like when you got one out and second and third. Yes, I hate it. I hate when he does that. All right. Uh, the pitching in the bullpen. Uh, it's just uh, amazing the way they'll just give the game away. You just expect it to happen at this point. Yeah, it's, oh, start, it's starting to feel like last year. If you actually, if you just take, I believe it was something like their last twenty games as a pen, their ERA as a team as a pen is not much better than their record-setting worst last year. Right. This team is such a disgrace that there's no around the bases segment this week. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll, I'll even say this: last week we had a vetline triple play. <laughs> With Frank Close, Bob Wankel, and the Fandemic crew, who were all great guests. Great guests. Great guests. But listening back, man, that segment was endless. 
<laughs> considering how <laughs> awful this team is. Well, they haven't won much since their 4-0 start. They're one of the worst teams in baseball run differential-wise. Only three National League teams have a worse run differential yeah. than the Phils since the 4-0 start. They just look like one of the worst teams in baseball. When well, I'm they're watching. better than I, the D-backs, probably. They're probably better than the D-backs. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so this week, no around the bases. Instead, we'll hit the vet line with Kyle Hulan from the Philly Sports Network to talk birds. Hey, you know what? Training camp is coming up. Excitement is starting to amp up a little bit. I would much rather talk about a team that's not playing than the Phillies who are playing. The Phillies are slowly <laughs> becoming the Flyers. It's finally come to this, Brem. It's we're come all, to this. Only, I will say this, and this is something I, I need you to keep in mind. I know that it doesn't look good right now. There's still 110 or so games left. Right. It's a lot of baseball left. I get it. I get it. Uh, Don't know if it's going to be better baseball, though. I'm predicting it won't be. In fact, I, it's a reasonable prediction. Right here, right now, I'm predicting another in the moment. This team That's might right. not win 80 games. No. I, 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 it doesn't even look possible. How, how is that going to happen? I know. I know. Based on what we're seeing. I know. So, we got Kyle Houlihan coming up, but first... We talked to the co-owner of Last Out Media, John Crichton, on the vet line next. Here we go. Pro line music. Pro line music. Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Pro line music. Everything for the musician, carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On-site repair service center, rental, recording studio. Pro line music. Call 215-736-8055. One more time. 215-736-8055. Yes, sir. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician. Vet Alumni. And now, it's the Vet Line. Answer the damn phone. We're joined now on the Vet Line by John Crichton, founder and co-owner of Last Out Media, who we know very well. Yes, John, sir. John, thanks for joining us today. Listen, I really appreciate this is because, uh, you know, as you guys might know, I was the Post at 215 Live, and we took a huge break um, to handle some personal stuff. So yeah. be able to get back into the podcast world is uh, great. So I really appreciate you guys reaching out. Most definitely, man. Yeah, 215 Live, you going to bring it back? Yeah, we're actually in the midst right now finding myself a new co-host. Great. Um, we're going to do some, you know, kind of like round robin style co-hosting to, to see who's going to be the best one. I um, like it. I like yeah, a competition. And, uh, yeah, there and, we and go. launch it real soon, so I can't wait. Nice. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that for yes, sure. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Sixers. Disappointing <laughs> disappointing game four. I know we all wanted to wrap it up in four. Who doesn't want to sweep Washington? And Russell Westbrook is just annoying. However, game five tonight, what do you think is going to happen? All right. So, game four, yes, was annoying. But when you lose somebody like Joel Embiid, right? We're all watching the game. We uh, think for sure they're going to they're sweep. When, when a guy like Joel Embiid goes down in, in that point in the game... It's just like any football game you guys watch, any baseball game. When your star goes down, it kind of deflates the whole team. Yep. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and Doc had mentioned in his post game presser that he feels like everybody just started to try to play superhero ball after Joel went down, because they know the expectation was that you're going to sweep Washington. Everybody's going to get a rest because the rest of the series going on around the league, you know, they're all beating each other up. So you know, you're a team that comes out of four game sweep and and you can rest some guys, right? So after Joel goes down, nobody knows what's going on. They were being super secretive. You know, everybody else is, is kind of like wondering like we are. So, all right, you kind of expect a letdown game after that. 
they're so much better than Washington, even without Embiid. Yeah, they really I, are. I, I don't have any doubt that now, if you're prepared for him not playing, I know they're saying he's doubtful, he has a chance, you know, right. going back and forth. If he doesn't play, you're going into the game knowing that you don't have him playing. Exactly. So now the game plan changes. Now Tobias is more comfortable in his role. He knows that he's got to give more. Ben knows he's, he's got to be one. Right. Right. Totally right. knows exactly. he's got to be number one. Yeah. So you. So now you know what to prepare for instead of losing a guy mid game, not know if he's coming back. Okay. At the point, you know, he's not coming back. Now we got to step up. Everything's up in the air. This year, we're going to be a little bit more prepared, a little bit more comfortable and talent is going to trump not having him there. And I think they're going to be just fine. I agree with you. I think they wrap it up tonight. And yeah. Bertans is out, which is a, out, which is key for the wizards. Bertans is a solid basketball player. Right, absolutely. Um, he always gives us Sixers fits anyway, yeah. so it's nice to not have a guy like that in the lineup. Definitely. Yeah, I think we move on. Now, looking ahead, probably going to be the Hawks in round two, you know, up 3-1 on New York. Yep. Do they scare you at all? I think that would be a six-game series victory for the Sixers in the semis. Yeah, I think in comparison to Washington, like you said, Washington doesn't have the talent to, to draw the series, you know, drag the series out, but Atlanta does because anytime you got a, a legit score, you're going to get games like that that they're going to they're gonna scratch and claw. And I see Atlanta stealing a game there, stealing a game here. But Sixers, again, Trump, you know, the town's going to trump what, what Atlanta has. And they, they went in six. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy series. But, Same. you know, it's going to be like a, a couple years ago when you played Miami. And Miami just beat the shit out of you the whole time. But you you ended up beating them because your talent was that much better. That's going to be the same kind of series with the Hawks. Yeah, Trey Young, man, he's watching him play, uh, watching that game four against New York. His step back three ability, I mean, Oof. he reminds me of AI a little bit. Do you see those comparisons? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, if for people that, that weren't old enough to watch Allen, Allen was, a, you know, he was a volume scorer just like Trey Young. You know, he could hit, Allen could hit from, from all levels of the court. You know, Trey Young has it. Trey Young's probably, you know, a, a better shooter outside than Allen was. Allen's more of your slasher, get to the basket, mid-range jumper kind of guy. And Trey, I think, like I said, Trey trumps him a, a bit on, you know, in a long-range shot, but he, he is the same type of player where, you know, if you put a big body on him, you know, you get a guy like Ben on him, beat him up a little bit, you know, knock him around a little bit. I mean, you see what happens when he gets pissed off. I mean, he's, he's pretty deadly, but uh, yeah, if you want to make that comparison, probably right along the lines of a guy like AI that can kind of get wherever he wants on the court. Yeah, yeah. John, Ben Simmons is once again the story in this town. Oh, uh, missing clutch free throw after clutch free throw late in game four. But it, to me, he wasn't the only disappointment. You mentioned uh, the superhero ball aspect. I get that. But Tobias Harris, he somehow ended up with 21 points, but it, 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 he came up small once Embiid went down. In your eyes, just for the record, uh, is this a team as currently constructed that is capable of winning a championship? Yeah, so I, I, it was funny. I was talking about this the other day about Ben and Joel, and it's it's tough, right? You, you gotta you gotta imagine that if they're gonna have a chance, it's gonna be this year, right? It's the same feeling I had the year <laughs> that they lost to Toronto. Mm, if they yeah. get past that Toronto series, you have a good feeling that they probably win it all that year. Yeah, because I don't, I wasn't threatened by the Bucks, and Golden State was in shambles, right? So, you know, exactly. The reason why, mm. reason why Toronto, Toronto won the whole mm. thing that year. Crazy. Yeah. I think this year is the same. Where I think athletically and defensively they compete with Milwaukee and Brooklyn and then who knows who comes out of the West they've already proven they could beat the Jazz 
I don't see the Lakers, you know, they've the Suns will give them fits. I mean, there's teams that are going to give them fits, but I think they're currently constructed one, two, three to be able to compete and win it all. The, the problem is, is if Joel's not going to be available, yeah, right? Because, exactly. you know, uh, is Tobias the kind of guy that can carry a team for two games? I don't believe so. You know, any NBA team, I mean, you saw what happened to the Lakers once AD and LeBron got their fair share of injuries. Slip down any team in the quick. league, they yeah. lose they lose one of their stars. You know, everybody yeah. else has to step up in a position that they might not be comfortable with. You know what I mean? And, and Tobias is the kind of guy that I don't think he's comfortable in the number one role. He's a, he's a number two, number three kind of guy. And, yeah. yeah. You know, if he's got to step up and carry this team for more than a game or two, that, you know, you're going to worry a bit. Doc Rivers, after the game, he said he's not worried about Ben's free throw shooting. Uh, Do these comments about Ben after the game concern you at all, or is it no big deal? No, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, listen, the the guys improved on his free throw shooting every year. You know, he he was he was pretty. I'm not going to obviously. You know, he's not Steph Curry. He's not going to hit 90 percent of his shots, but he was hitting in the 70s. You know, where you need him to be. If you noticed, once he reached. 70, 71, 72%, wherever he was, guys stopped fouling him. And he, I mean, you, you guys remember last year, at the end of every game, you had to either take him out or keep the ball away I from him. I know, it was remarkable. And I this mean, year, Scott Brooks this year is that's, doing it. <laughs> right. And this year, that's not happening. So, you know, he's just going through a slump. If you're already not a great free throw shooter and you start missing and then the misses start piling up, mm. well, that's going to start being a problem. Yeah. Like I said, he's not Steph. He's not Tobias. He's not these guys that can hit 85, 90%. No. You start missing some, all of a sudden that 65, 70, 75% becomes glaring. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, similarly, switching to Joe Girardi, uh, <laughs> talk about a disappointment. I mean, from head scratching, in game moves, and mismanagement of bullpen to uh, being rather flippant with the media after games. Uh, what's your opinion of Joe Girardi? Is he the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies in 2022? Ooh. I mean, listen, it, here's, here's the thing. I mean, when Gabe was here, right, everybody said the same thing, right? And now it's Girardi. Now yeah. you see what Gabe's doing when he's not here. You've seen what Girardi did before he got here. Are we questioning the manager or are we questioning what he has around him? Are we questioning what That's a very the GMs good point. and the team has been able to build? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't tell me that two managers have come in here and all of a sudden – Two baseball, we're talking two lifetime baseball guys. Guys have been in the game and around the guys game. Guys that have for, won rings. Guys that have right, championships. Won rings yeah. and have and have been successful baseball players. You can't tell me that these guys can come in here and all of a sudden forget how to, to manage a game, forget how to, That's a to very good point. You know, so you gotta start looking at it like, all right, we thought they put the bullpen together. We we're like, all right, these guys are gonna finally have a legitimate bullpen to compete. And they don't. Is that the manager's fault? No, it's the same as anything else, guys. It's it's when the GM doesn't give you the pieces to be successful. So you yeah. got a guy like Joe Girardi who's been around the league for 100 years, like you guys said, won rings as a player and a manager. Yeah, The guy knows what he's talking about. They don't hire a guy like that for no reason. I didn't think that he was going to be a, a, a clipboard holder to, for the next manager. So what's, what's the problem then? Did he all of a sudden forget how to manage the game, or does he just not have the pieces around him to compete? I think it's the and pieces I think that's more what so. It is. Yeah, I think it's the pieces. You're yeah, right so, on the money. So does this failure go back to Matt Clentac? Oh yeah, it's still it's still a carryover from Clentac. It, it, it haunts it's still 100 percent. Yeah, man, it's 100 uh, percent. 
because look at look what so all right you got bryce right so you put bryce aside bryce is a superstar bryce is going to put up his numbers at the end of every year we know what we're getting from him you got jt's best catcher in baseball he's going to put up the numbers that you expect from him every year then what then what do you have after that guys you got right. reese hoskins oh. who kind of sort of looks like he's going to come out of it and then doesn't and then forgets how to play and then yeah. like He's up and down. Yeah. You get a guy like Alex Boom who goes on like a Dom Brown kind of tear for like a month. <laughs> Dom Brown. And like, that's the first Dom Brown reference on this show. I love it. Love listen, it. It, because that's the that's the thing you got to think about, right? So he goes on a tear, and you're like, oh my god, we finally got our yeah, stuff, he was an baseman. He was an all star. Right. Dom then, Brown. Yeah. Right, and then all of a sudden, Alex Boom is a butcher at third. He can't figure out at the plate, and then start going out from Alex Boom. What else do you have around them? Yeah, you got not like much. A, listen, I love Andrew McCutcheon just as, as much as the yeah, next guy. He's done. He's, he's 65 years career. old. Like, I know. Backside of his career. Yeah. I mean, his. Yeah. And then yeah. and you got to count on a guy like a double to, to. So when you start getting into that into that part of your team where you got to start counting on the Odubel Herrera's yeah. and the, you know, these kind of guys, like you're, you're just not going to be <laughs> successful no. regardless of the manager. Bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. We've been on the line for our listeners with John Crichton, founder of Last Out Media. John, before we let you go, we need to get a veteran stadium memory for you. I know you went there like we did as a kid and probably grew up in that stadium. So give us your most notable memory. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit out of the box here. So I worked, I was a, a police officer for 20 years and I've worked. Oh, thanks for your service, last, man. My brother is as thank well. You. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I worked the last game at the vet. So the cool part oh, about wow. that was they <laughs> allowed us to go out on the field. We all got some dirt, put it in a little... Um, like a little thing that they gave us. We had, so we got some, some dirt from the third base field. And then when all the players at the end of the game, when all the players are leaving, your Jim Tomies and Pat Barrels and all those guys, as they were leaving, we were right at the ramp to make sure that they, you know, they got to their cars and, you know, everybody was, was off and good. So mm-hmm. Jim Tomey was the last person out. We had waited, you know, I don't know, we were there for a little over an hour, close to two hours for all the players to come out and, and stuff like that. So Jim Tomey came out. We waited like an extra 40 minutes just for him. All the other players were gone. He came out. There was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 of us that were assigned to that detail. The, the, the equipment manager came out before Tomey, gave us all brand new baseballs. Wow, man. And, and Tomey came out and signed every single baseball for every single one of us. That's really cool. That's our fantastic. service, shook our hands, like took pictures with us. I mean, it was absolute, you know, and, and as you get older, you know, you start to kind of not look at these guys as like these superheroes anymore you see them as just regular guys but it was really cool in that position for him to be like two hours after the game was over still come out sign all of our balls you know take pictures shake our hands thank like it was just real it was a really cool moment to be like wow this is great i'm a part of like history we're here for the last game these players like it was really good i mean and that's something that i still you know talk about to this day and no surprise why. Now, does that go into the reason for the title of Last Out Media? You're the last out of the stadium, or is that not? No, actually, um, no. Last Out actually ties into uh, my time with the police. So, I worked the overnight shift, and the overnight shift was called Last Out. We ah, were last out on the street. I like it. Oh, yeah, good stuff, man. A little bit of insight. Yeah. Last Out history, right there. That's good. <laughs> there That's you go. So, John, let's get it on record then before we let you go. The Philadelphia 76ers will represent the Eastern Conference in this year's NBA Finals. True or false? I absolutely 100% believe that. So do I. Tech, where are you at? There you go. 
Uh, Tech isn't sure, John. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it in his voice. <laughs> hey, you know what? In a couple weeks, we'll have a better idea of where they might be headed. And, uh, John, we'll try to touch base with you again uh, before the Eagles kick off. Awesome. I can hop back on and tell Tech that I told him so. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it, too. Very much looking forward Good to stuff. that. <laughs> All right, John. Thanks, man. You got it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Enter the center. Yes! And the Sixers win it! With Tech and Prem. Alumni. I mean, I'm not getting discouraged going to the line. Um, it is what it is, so it's got to get up there and knock him down. Do you guys keep this Ben Simmons narrative alive, which to me is freaking insane, how good this guy is and all the things he does. Ben is not a 40-point guy. It's not what he does. He does other things for your team. And I just don't understand why that's not sinking in in our city. Um, you know, everybody on the team it doesn't have to be a scorer to help the team. Ben scores, uh, but Ben creates scoring for us. That's what he does. So, um, you know, if I'm Ben at some point, I'd get tired of it. I just would uh, because he's just too good and he does so many good things for this basketball team. And, we, and I keep telling him, celebrate him. Celebrate all the stuff he does well. We don't do that enough. In fairness, I never brought up the scoring. No, no, but I'm just saying in general. Like, Ben Simmons does a lot of good things for this team. He was in foul trouble tonight. Uh, but, you know, we keep hammering the kid. I mean, at some point. If I'm being, I'm, it's enough. As a point guard, Doc, he was put on the line to, he could have made more free throws. You know, he, he, he could have, but he didn't. But he still does other things. He split them all. Uh, you know, and again, and like, I'll take that. Obviously, I want him to make more. Ben's not an 80% free throw shooter. Yeah, for me right now. But, you know, again, listen, you guys keep the Ben narrative going. We're just going to keep playing. There it is. Doc clashing with the great D-line in the post game. What a great exchange. He, he gets very defensive whenever Ben is brought up. Um, but, but, Prem, I have some gripes. Okay? I know you do. I have some gripes. All right. These things grind my gears. First, obviously... Ben Simmons. Last week, there was outrage after a game one win with him only scoring six points. This week, we learn Ben is the worst free throw shooter in NBA playoff history. He's he's just atrocious. He has the lowest percentage in a playoff series. Did you know that? That's remarkable. I did not know that. It's atrocious. I will say that I'm on both sides of the coin in terms of what Doc was saying. On one hand, that game one with six points, he had 15 boards and 15 assists. That generates at least 50 more points. Okay. Okay, so you have that. And then then with the free throws, yeah, it's horrendous when you're watching the game and you realize if he's making those free throws, they have a chance to win probably at the end. Yeah. Probably a last possession, make a shot type of scenario. And, you know, should a doc have pulled him off the floor? Maybe. Because, you know, Shaq was left on the floor and Shaq was an awful free throw shooter, but Ben is not Shaq. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. So I think you're presented with a very unique issue where if Tyrese Maxey was playing his mind out in that yeah. game, he, oh, some, he kept us in the game. Maxey single-handedly kept us in the game. Would right. you have? I would have honestly, and I love Ben, but I would have rather have seen after that Doc saw what Scott Brooks was doing with two minutes to go in the game. I would have put Maxey in. It would have only taken one intentional for me to pull Ben out in that moment and have Maxey or yeah. even George Hill. Watching, come in. it was hard to watch that. It, it really was. The, the bottom line, 
Ben missing those clutch free throws late in the fourth quarter. That was the difference in this game. Get for this me. man a free throw coach. Unbelievable. All right, second. Tobias Harris. I mean, he's been really good through three games, yes. but in game four, he somehow he somehow ends up with 21 points. But volume, he, he was just really disappointing when Embiid went down. Yeah, well, he didn't really turn it on until late in the game. Yeah, I need more from Toby. I do, too. In with, with, his, with his contract, with his contract, there's no excuse why when he's expected to be the number one guy... He can't be the number one guy. But he has shown this year that he has been. You know, 37 minutes. All right, he had 13 boards, 21 points. You know, had a block. Only turned it over twice. But he had a minus eight rating. Yeah, that sucks. When you lose a game, in fairness, most guys have a minus rating and the plus minus. Ben actually had a plus four rating. Yeah. Which is remarkable with all well, the free throws he missed. I hear that. Five of eleven from the line. Well, you know, he's, a, he's a, he, once again. It's what what Doc was saying. He's he's a shot creator. He creates points. But in that game, he only had three assists. So true. You know, he wasn't distributing like he normally would. No, be. which is annoying. Well, the spacing changes on the floor when Joel goes down big time. Yeah, I know. They were lost out there. All right, third. You said Embiid went down. That's part of this. Embiid once again hurt with tonight's game five still in question. I mean, without Joe, this team doesn't make it past Atlanta in the second round. Probably not past the Hawks. I don't think he's going to be out for an extended period. I think just like we know that the Sixers are still a better team than the Wizards without Joe. The right. Sixers staff he can knows afford that to rest yeah. this game. Right. I get it. And game plan like Doc did many times this year, where Joe sat. How many games did Joe sit? Fifteen or so? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, played about uh, what fifty-five something games. So those when he other realized that games, he had to play, he was playing every game. I'll, I'll commend him. Yeah, for that. Exa- exactly. So I think they can strategize, knowing that Joe is not in a lineup, much like John said to us. Yeah, true. And finally, my fourth gripe, Prem. Uh, this actually doesn't have much to do with the Sixers. This is just Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. They were really arrogant considering their team is down 0-3 in the series. Yeah, these guys, I mean, they're great players. Yeah, obviously, you know, you got Bradley Beal as just a pure scorer. I mean, yeah, but these guys are huffing and puffing out. They, guys, you're down 0-3. It's a little odd. I I definitely thought so. Because everybody in the world knows that the Wizards are not coming back from 3-1. No! It is not happening. Right. That was a case of, and I was talking to you about this off the air, you know, when you have closeout games, teams are desperate. Yeah. And a lot of Game 5 series are situations where a team was up 3-0, and then the Game 4, in desperation, the team down 3-0, steals a game just to save face out of pride. It right. happens a lot. So you compound that desperation with the other team losing its best player, and you have an eight-point loss. Right. It just—I guess I'm annoyed. It's not a fifth thing. It's just automatically— the sum of all parts. To me, I'm annoyed because Milwaukee swept a better Miami team. Miami's better than the Wizards. Milwaukee is going to push Brooklyn to possibly seven games. Whoever comes into the conference finals from that semifinal matchup will be beleaguered and a little tired. We can only hope. That That's series is not going to go four or five games. That series, they're going to trade wins. The Bucks are a quality basketball team and a little overlooked. When yeah. everyone talks about and they know they're overlooked. True. So I think that plays into this a bit. I fully expect to be talking about the second round matchup with Atlanta next week. I've had enough 
of this Wizards team. And uh, hopefully Embiid is fine and back in the lineup. I think he will be. That's all we can hope for. Send him positive vibes out to Joe's knee like the rest of Philadelphia has collectively done for the past two days. (sighs) It's going to be all right, Tech. I know, I know. All right, there it is. Vet Alumni. And now, it's the Vet Line. Why don't you answer your phone? We're joined now on the Vet Line by Kyle Houlihan, writer for Philadelphia Sports Network at Philadelphia SN on Twitter. Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. So there's been a flurry of moves in free agency. We know how the draft shook out. Give us your overall feeling heading into training camp about the team. I mean, state of the team, we are we're ahead of schedule, I think, on the rebuild. That, that's what I would say. I think we're we're doing better than I would have anticipated. Now, there's a number of factors, I think, that are, are worth considering. Obviously, you know, Howie Roseman led us here in terms of, you know, he was the reason, a big part of the reason, I believe, for, you know, the downfall of our franchise. And, um, you know, that that's obviously a problem and an issue. But also you have to take into account, you know, kind of in a vacuum. When you look at that, you'll see that he has had a good offseason. I think, you Absolutely. know, I, I think there's a lot of optimism. You know, I, I, you can't you can't uh, t- you have to take into account, you know, coaching hires. Uh, I think the tide has turned on Nick Sirianni when you look at that. Yeah. And that's a really, uh, really impressive thing. And, you know, he seems like he really knows what's going on. When you hear Jonathan Gannon talk as well, you know, you're feeling like these guys may be able to connect with our players and really be able to build something. And I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. There are secondary is obviously a huge issue but i i I do think that uh there's there's reason there's legitimate reason for optimism now optimism we're gonna be better than last year year was dumpster fire it was i mean to say the least that we haven't had a season like that probably since andy's last season right yeah, absolutely. I mean, Andy's last season was rough. Um, I mean, the last season with Chip was pretty rough as True. well. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, just the organization not feeling right. Things are not right in the organization. Um, you know, and, and last season had that feel with Doug. There was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of drama with Carson, you know, with Zach Ertz, you know. And in that, in that situation, you know, you're really... You're really feeling the organization, you know, what they, you know, reported Bull Wolf, you know, the guys at The Athletic, you know, you're getting you're getting a sense of disorganization. But this feels like a move towards organization, a move towards becoming a better team. It does seem like we are heading toward brighter days, especially yeah. with all the picks in 2022. Yeah, that's that's a key thing, the draft stock. Um, as far as Jalen Hurts, I personally am uh, really optimistic about what he may be capable of at this level. He obviously flashed in his four games last year, uh, good and bad. What do you think Jalen Hurts is going to turn out to be? Is he going to be a franchise quarterback, in your opinion? <sighs> franchise quarterbacks in a very interesting term. I actually, I would say, I do think... He can be a franchise quarterback, but in the sense of you're going to have an average above average starter. You're going to have someone who can take you to the playoffs and that can that can work um, right now. What we see or have seen from Jalen Hurts is obviously not a lot. You know, there's a lot of projections being placed on him. You know, there's tons of room for him to grow and improve, obviously. Um, but what we're seeing from him right now is someone who maybe could be in that 10 to 20 range, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's what I personally see. But at the same time, you have to, you have to 
like one of his his biggest issues, one of his biggest detractions that people, you know, will take away is that he's not accurate. You know, and accuracy. Right. Uh, I'm writing an article right right now about this. Is accuracy is one of the things you can change the most about your your it's career. A good point. Accuracy. You can improve. You can improve your footwork. We've seen. You know, we saw it with Carson Wentz. His accuracy fell off a cliff, but he was more accurate. So your your accuracy can wax and wane, and you can work on that. And what we know about Jalen Hurts is that he's a tireless worker. Yeah, he is. You know. So as a leader, as a captain, as a man, we know that he puts in the, the rents due. You know, it's due every day. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to love a guy who's saying stuff like that with, with this passion, you know, um, and, and he believes it. And you can see it. You know, he came in. He's very buffed up. He's clearly put on some muscle in the office. Yeah, it kind of looks like a different guy. His legs are just crazy now. Strong dude. Yeah, absolutely. I think the size and, of his calves. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, it I, is not it's normal. unbelievable. It is not normal. <laughs> no, it is not normal. He he's got this. He's got. I I saw. Um, I believe it. He was. Uh, he was squatting. I want to say it was six hundred. It was about that. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. six seven hundred pounds. Yeah, it I mean, was no joke. So much. You're looking at the bar. The bar is bending. <laughs> <laughs> because it has so much weight on That's it. That's just phenomenal. Going to be hard to sack this man. Should be hard to sack this man. It's going to be very difficult. And and that's kind of... So that's the range, obviously. When I'm talking about 1020, that's the range I'm seeing him in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like uh, something we've seen for years now is that quarterbacks, there are quarterbacks that surprise us. Everyone had Josh Allen in a box. Josh Allen, he can only be this. We got, you know, we got different guys. Lamar. You know, Lamar was drafted uh, at the end of the first round. Lamar's not going to be good enough. X, Y, Z. You know, they didn't think Deshaun was going to be good enough. True. You know, the, there's all these guys where they're underrating them, undervaluing them. And you see them, you know, Russell Wilson. He's a third rounder. Now, th- that doesn't mean, you know, I mean, the guys are drafted at the top for a reason. But I'm just saying. Right. Sometimes we place guys in boxes and they can bust out of them. So the box I place them in is not necessarily where he'll land, you know. Kyle, you mentioned Zach Ertz. We've heard about the rumored interest in him from multiple teams, notably uh, Buffalo. But it doesn't seem like anyone's willing to give up anything for him. Uh, what do they do about Zach Ertz? Yeah, so I've, I've written about this um, personally. Um, and this is, you know, this is my, you know, my, my fans showing. These are my colors showing. <laughs> um, I have a Zach Ertz jersey, so I'll just say that. Everyone will know where I stand at this point now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, you know, is I, I genuinely believe. And but here's the thing. I, I say this with the caveat that I'm not sure they can how we can repair the relationship. I'm not sure anything can be salvaged. Well, he's obviously not showing up to team activities. I mean, they're voluntary, yeah. but a, a lot of vets are, are, are coming, and it just doesn't seem like uh, Zach Hurts is interested in anything that has to do with the team right now. Yeah, no, it, it certainly doesn't. Um, but I do think there's a there's a point at which he'll realize, okay, they're not the Eagles aren't biting on these trade offers, and I do think there may be a point where he realizes eight million dollars is the best I'm going to do, mm. so I'll I'll come back, and I do think. I think it's this is one of the things with the NFL that I've that I've seen that I've noticed throughout, you know, uh, my time doing some reporting at the Philly Sports Network and just my time as a fan um, is that there seems to be a weird market inefficiency with players where you can get you'll get a good player for a really low price. Yeah. And how he's good at that. It's hard for me to believe that, like, you know, they trade him to the Packers. They trade him 
to uh, any team with a good quarterback. They trade him to the Bills, you know? It's hard for me to believe he's not going to put up good numbers. He has to. Yeah, I would think he would bounce back. What, what, how old is Zach? 29, 30? How old is Zach? I think he's 30. Okay. Still, I mean, still a young man, honestly. He was, yeah. position. he was still banged up last year, and Carson wasn't exactly lighting it up for him. It, yeah. it just was off. It, it just it wasn't meant to happen last year. No, it was not. Last year was not the year. Unfortunately, you know, there has been a, a hurt relationship there, and, and that's something we see in the dysfunction, something that shouldn't happen. There shouldn't be this dysfunction with a player. Right. You know, you should, you should either be real with them and you know cut them release them trade them or you know you you're you're telling them we're, we're actually resigning them you know you can't right. you can't kind of hold them in this in between zone and i think that's what he's he's had done to him and that's very unfortunate for his career so we know that it's practically impossible financially for them to go after Julio Jones but just for the record hypothetically would you trade a second round pick to get him hot topic Oof. <laughs> I would trade. Um, we own our own second round pick next year. I think, in addition to that, that first or second from the Colts. Yeah. I would say. I mean, if you're taking out finances from it, I would say, I would say, do it. I mean, I, I think Julio's what he's in his early thirties, thirty-two maybe. I'm, yeah, thirty-two, thirty-three, yeah. something like that. I, I mean, he could still be a great player. I don't. For a second round pick, that's one of those things where I'm where you're you're getting a great player for not a terrible price uh, yeah, it just true. depends on what the team sees as the window you know what i'm saying is the window you know is it more is our window 2022 or is our window more 2023 2024 you know yeah I, I would say if you're looking at trying to compete for a super bowl in 2022 then trade for him you know uh, trade for him try to you know rework his contract add another year try to get him in there in 2022 get him into a good spot but it's tough. It's tough. I, I I struggle with it. He's a great talent, but I mean, while I say I would, it just it pains me either ways. It's kind of like, oh, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right. It's true. Uh, you mentioned the secondary earlier. What are they going to do at cornerback? I mean, I, you got one cornerback on this team. It's remarkable one. how that was just kind of not even addressed. Yeah. No. It, it's insane. Um, my my only my only thought, and I mean, they have to sign somebody else. We, we, we they have to. We're going to need more camp bodies, like at a minimum. There's yeah. Gonna, there's going to be signings if they're lower level guys or not. My only thought, and and what I've been trying to dive in is obviously, you know, we only have uh, guesses at what Jonathan Gannon is going to do. You know, speculation of what he's going to do. Um, my only thought is that he just plans on protecting these outside corners like nobody's business with these two high safeties. Right, yeah. That, yeah strategically. That is, I mean, but that is a really tough bet. You know, you're betting on Avante Maddox, who's, oh, got, no. who's got gator arms. He has the sh- he had the shortest arms of any corner who was drafted in 2017. Oh, wow. That's so, quite a stat. That, that's quite yeah, a tidbit right yeah, there. 29-inch arms. 29-inch arms. Very short arms. Which is fine on the inside because he's so quick. You know, he ran a good, a really great 40 time. He's very quick, which that works fine on the inside. But when you're outside, you can't compete at those balls because he's in place, but he can't tip them. And he was so good. He was so good in college. I mean, at Pitt, he was a really, really good corner. I'm a Pitt alum, so I watch a lot of the Pitt games. And, you know, it's a shame it didn't really translate yet fully for him. No, no, it really is a shame. But, I, I mean... 
Steven Nelson, it seems like maybe he's out of price range. But yeah. like, if, you know, it's I don't know how much he wants and how much of a commitment he wants down the road. But I mean, it seems like to me we're gonna have to we you have to sign somebody. You got to take a flyer on Gary on Connolly. You got to get somebody in here who's got a little something, Absolutely. you know, some experience. Um, yeah, please. And, yeah, please. No, for the. For the love of all that is holy, please. You know, it's a passing league, and we've seen that be the downfall of our team since we won the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, you could almost single-handedly point to the secondary is why this team lost a ton of games. Yeah. Uh, We've been on the line here with Kyle Houlihan of Philadelphia Sports Network. You can find his work on Philadelphia Sports Network. It's at Philadelphia SN on Twitter. Before we let you go, Kyle, win total for this coming season prediction. Go ahead. All right. So my win total is completely based off the fact that we are uh, not in a very good division. Fair. It is also taking into account that we did have a favorable schedule with the back end. Yeah. Really, we got eight weeks where we, we don't have to fly anywhere or go anywhere. So I got the Eagles at eight and nine, which does not feel right to say. No, no. no good. I, I got them on the over on the betting lines. Yeah. 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 Eight and nine. If I go head over heart, me personally, it's same. Eight, eight and nine. Yeah, I hear you. Eight and nine. I think there's a chance to compete for the division. There is. I yeah. think ultimately they prob- they'll lose out to Washington or Dallas, unfortunately, uh, as much as it pains me to say that. But uh, but you know what? I think 2022 could be our year. And also all of this is all of this. You know, we started out this by talking about Jalen Hurts. This is Jalen Hurts team. Jalen Hurts time. And if he shows up and if he balls out, we're going to be a very different team than people expect. Yeah, the sky's the limit if he's legitimately a top-tier quarterback. And I believe in the kid, and it seems like a lot of people in the city are starting to believe more. And you mentioned belief in Nick Sirianni. Tech and I feel the same way. Um, So, Kyle, you know, thanks again for taking the time to talk with us. We'll keep up to date with the work you're doing and hope to speak with you again as we approach the season opener. Yeah, absolutely, gentlemen. I'd love to speak with you again. It was awesome talking to you guys. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't lie. Look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Playoff edition. Playoff edition. Game five is tonight, Tech. The Sixers can wrap the Wizards series up in five games, much like many asserted would happen, yourself included. Yeah, yeah. I said six, but I think they do it at home tonight. Uh, Much like I did game one recaps of Sixers finals runs last week, this week is dedicated to all the game five Sixers wins through franchise history in finals years. Here we go. Back to the same title runs, 67, 77, 80, 82, 83, and of course, 2001. Of course. In 67, they wrapped up round one of four games. But in round Mm -hmm. two, they faced off against the Celtics, and it was a five-game series win for our boys as they won game five easily at home. Okay. 140 to 116 with Hal Greer dropping 32 and Wilt grabbing 36 boards. Ah. Dominance. Sixers won the chip versus the Warriors that year. Okay. 1967. The next Game 5 win during a finals run would come 10 years later in 77, again against the Celtics in Round 2, who they ended up beating (laughs) in seven games. In that Game 5 at the Spectrum, 
Doug Collins led all scorers with 23 in a 110-91 route, but the Sixers lost the chip to the Trailblazers Oh, wow. And Jack Ramsey's Trailblazers at that. Doug Collins could ball. He was a pretty good player. Yeah, he was a good player. Definitely. In 1980, (laughs) the second round brought us the Hawks, much like this year could, which probably will be the Hawks. Yep, it's going to be the Hawks. And guess what, Tech? We dispatched Atlanta in five games, closing it out again at home in Philly, 105 to 100, (laughs) with Daryl Dawkins and Julius Irving both dropping 30. But as we know, that playoff run would end in the finals versus Magic and the Lakers in six games. Yep. So, so far in their history to this point, three game five wins all in Philly. There you go. In 1982, they would again lose to the Lakers in the finals. But the only game five they won that postseason was against L.A. in that finals. Ah. 135-102 to 102 with Andrew, Tony, netting 31, and Dr. Dre pulling down 12 boards. Yep. However, they lost the series. Yeah. Still, <laughs> another game five win where? In Philadelphia. Yep. In 83, we hoisted the trophy for the first time since 67 and dominated the playoffs, going 12-1 and and route through a sweep of L.A. for it all. That must have felt so good for those guys. Hell yeah. To get off the schneid against the Lakers. Yeah. The only Game 5 they played that postseason was in the conference finals against the Bucks, which ironically is a scenario that could happen this year. (laughs) In Game 5. Unlikely, but yes. True. In Game 5, which they again closed out in Philly. In Philly again. 115 to 103. Tony again led scorers with 30 points. <laughs> Lastly, Tech, our beloved 2001 squad led ah, by AI. Yes, yes. They routed the Raptors in a round two game five. Also in Philly, <laughs> 121 to 88. There's a trend here. There's a trend. As AI dropped 52 Woo. in game five of the conference finals. <laughs> I remember that game. Philly. Yeah, that's, that's legendary right Ridiculous. There. And they also, in Game 5 of the Conference Finals that year, also in Philly, they dispatched the Bucks, 89-88. Yep. There was nothing notable in that stat sheet, though. No. <laughs> so, that recaps every Game five's, 5 win the Sixers franchise has had in Finals runs. Wow. And all of them were in Philly. Tech, where is the game tonight? Remind our listeners. It's in Philly. It's at the center. Numbers don't lie. It's time for Prim's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games! Prim's MLB Picks. Well, Tech, another one-in-one week picking MLB games brings me to two-and-two on the early season. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm treading water. You're, you're, you're 500. I'm 500. I haven't lost any money. I haven't won any money. Yeah, well. The yeah. A's, though, did in fact handle the Mariners in Oakland 6-3, like yep. I asserted. But the Dodgers fell to the Astros 5-2. That was a risky pick. It was a risky pick. I was just going for the Dodgers handling business on the road, but... The wild nature that is baseball rarely ceases to rear its head more so than in upset picks. Absolutely. That said, here are this week's locks. Locks. Tech, give me the Blue Jays at home hosting the Marlins to handle biz. They're a superior baseball team. Yeah. The Marlins are reeling, losers of three straight. Yep. The Jays are top five, check this, in hitting, slugging, homers, and on base percentage. Top five. Yeah, this is a smart pick. I think so. They simply know how to play baseball. I like them to win by three to five runs, actually, in this one. Wow. They're sending uh, Alec Manoa to the mound in his debut last week on the road in the Bronx against the Yankees. Six innings pitched, two Uh. hits, no runs for the W. So, I like the Blue Jays Hmm. to come home and lock it up versus the Marlins, for sure. Lock. Next, here's your upset pick. Give me the Diamondbacks 
to get the upset win versus the Mets tonight. Ah, in Mets. Arizona. In Arizona. <laughs> the D-backs are one of the worst teams in baseball. They have another one-in-one one week here, coming. Listen, here you go. But when you play 162 games, and this is true, all the betters out here are going to be shaking their head. The worst teams do, in fact, beat the best teams inexplicably. It happens. Yeah. Over 162. This is a pick in which you see everything pointing towards a Mets win. But in fact, it will be one of those weird baseball games where a bad team just beats a good team. All right, you're, you're, you're I'm going with the anomaly right. factor. Okay, you're going on the assumption that that, that could the, the be the opposite a... of what you think is going to happen. All is right, happen. all right, there it is. So the pitching for the Mets, David Peterson, actually boasts a large ERA, 4.91, and the game's on the road for him. Guess who's taking the mound for the Diamondbacks with a 1.86 career ERA against the Mets? One Madison Bumgard. <laughs> he has dominated the Mets when obviously wow. he was with the Giants. Yeah. So I'm taking the upset pick Diamondbacks to beat the Mets tonight. Lock. Lock. So to recap, we got the Blue Jays at home to handle the Marlins. Lock. The D-backs and Madison Bumgardner at home in the desert to handle the New York Metropolitans. Lock. This has been Prem's MLB Picks. See you next week. Vet alumni. Vet alumni.